Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you through these dynamic stories about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now today's podcast. And welcome, friends, to the Generations Radio Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you today. And just this morning, I checked the number at numberofabortions.com worldwide, 1,570,155,761. Now 762, now 763, now 764, now 765. 1,570,155,761 abortions since 1980. That's according to numberofabortions.com, and there are abortion counters available online. But friends, it is a worldwide tragedy. There's no question about it. There are emotional, there are social consequences, there are economic consequences, relational consequences. But most importantly, of course, spiritual consequences of the tragedy that uh, we are facing. And as many of you know, the last few nations in the Western world have capitulated to it in just the last few months. Northern Ireland and New Zealand are the last of the Western nations. And that would pretty much complete the move towards the public approval of abortion in the Western world, sadly. Well, friends, we talk about statistics, we talk about political solutions, but the bottom line is uh, these are real people. These are real women. These are real children uh, needing the cleansing blood of Jesus. All of these women, all of the men involved, need the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one thing is for certain, the blood of Christ is quite sufficient to cleanse all the blood guiltiness, all the shame, all the contamination of sin away. And we can be 100% certain of that, because he is the Son of God, and he died on that cross for us. Well, Ruth Coghill is the author of a book called Unborn Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. It is a book that could speak to a billion women and a billion men around the world. And she now joins me on the Generations broadcast. Ruth, welcome. Thank you, Kevin. Great to be with you. Ruth, you know, it's amazing that in God's providence, it was a God thing that we connected in Nepal. My wife and I were out there for ministry, as you know, and we were just happened to be in the same guest house. (laughs) (laughs) We really didn't spend much time together there, Kevin, but we definitely made the connection, and I believe it was divine. (laughs) Yes, and I can remember you witnessing something to one of the ladies there at the guest house, one of the Nepali ladies, and you were referring to abortion. My, my, My ears perked up, you know, at that point. And, you know, in, in your testimony and, and what you were saying concerning uh, the, the Word of God and, uh, and how Jesus addresses uh, the, this problem, 
uh, just you know drew me into the conversation. I, I don't know if you knew I was listening, but, but somehow <laughs> I, I did not. <laughs> I, I picked up on that, you know, and so I thought, hmm, yeah, uh, we need to be talking about this. And then I I caught uh, your book online, and I thought, wow, we need to be talking about this subject. And you know, I think it's been a while since we brought this out. You know, we deal with the political, and we we talk about what's what's happening in Northern Ireland and such, but. We need to come back to the personal stories and the personal redemption that Jesus brings through all of this, because there is good news here, isn't there? There's good news as well as the bad news. Oh, there definitely is good news. You know, Kevin, we're all broken in some way, and we all need to hear God's redemptive story. And um, while being drawn into this horrific tragedy, global tragedy, has actually opened my eyes to a great great truth that God is over and above every sin that we've ever committed. Hmm. That doesn't justify it at Hmm. all. But it certainly, this book has helped me to see God in brand new ways. And so our desire with Unborn Untold is that the world would see how great is our God. That's right. Uh, Yes, we are seeing the the horrible, the defiling of our nation because of bloodshed, of innocent bloodshed, as a matter of fact. Mm. But we're seeing that God is above, and you introduced that well at the beginning mm-hmm. of the program. Mm-hmm. But the stories, the true life stories that people uh, have shared with me and now are published have totally brought me to my knees in a new and fresh way. Mm. New um, to my knees in a grieving sense, what we've done to our generation. Mm but also new uh, to my knees because of the awesome God yeah. that we all have the privilege of knowing and Amen. serving Amen. and enters into our lives in our deepest pain and our deepest grief. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let's go back to, uh, to the book. Uh, what motivated you to, to write this book, Ruth? Well, <laughs> I was in the middle of writing some other books, Bible studies, uh, doing a series, and and um, on January eighth, nineteen, or pardon me, two thousand nineteen, just mm-hmm. a year ago, right? Our our youngest son and his wife had their first little boy. Uh, they had lost one the year before, and when we went and saw this little Odin, beautiful baby, standing, uh, our son was holding him. I had a flashback to thirty years before when I was pregnant with this son, our youngest, there was a big space between our, our children, uh, four children and 17 years between the first and the last. Mm, So I was considered high risk. Mm. And so when I went to my obstetrician, he sent me on to a specialist to help us know where we should be when this son was born uh, because of some suspected problems. But when we went to the counseling and to the hospital to have the the, um, the counseling session to know where to be, what faced us was not a counseling session per se, but the opportunity to abort this child. Mm. And that was not our intention, and it, it totally shocked me. Fortunately, my husband was with me, and he took the news, and uh, for the next while, uh, he, he uh, listened as the doctor proceeded to tell him that we definitely could, did not have to continue this pregnancy. The word abortion was never heard, but it was abortion in my mind, so I tuned out because my heart was all of a sudden pounding. I wasn't prepared for this. 
it was very unplanned. Mm. And, um, but when I went home, I said to my husband, were we offered an abortion? And he said, twice in that conversation. Mm. So I began to think about, oh my goodness, is it really that easy to get an abortion? I was otherwise healthy. There were just some suspicions. Nothing was proven. The test had not even been done. And so I began to grieve and think, I cannot believe I went to the most beautiful hospital in London, Ontario, Hmm. in a professional setting, sterile and clean, with my husband, both of us together, and I was offered an abortion twice. Hmm. And it so grieved me, I began to think about, what if, what if, I hadn't had my husband with me. What if I was single? And I began to process all of these things over the next while. Well, then, as time went on, I I shared privately with a few people, and then they began, women began to tell me their stories Hmm. that they were ashamed and embarrassed to tell. Hmm. One woman begged me, please tell my story. I had women from my church telling me they had an abortion, but they couldn't talk to anyone. So I knew I had to start telling the story at some point. And when I saw this new grandson, God just whispered in my heart that day, last year, Mm. this is the blessing of choosing life. This Mm -hmm. is the blessing that I've chosen for generations. Are you going to speak to this? Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to stop everything I was Mm. doing. And so for the next um, few months, I couldn't sleep uh, in in the morning. I was just saying, Lord, I don't know how to do this kind of a book. I've never done it before. (laughs) But God just started putting people in my life, and I knew I had to have it done last fall. I have no idea. I thought it was for uh, our elections, and we have a very, very liberal government. Mm -hmm. Abortions are done in Canada 300 a day for our small nation. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. And Mm -hmm. so I knew it had to be out by then, and Mm -hmm. God just began to give me the people and uh, the editor, a beautiful friend of mine and the publisher wanted to be part of it. Even if we, they, they just, they waived the, the, um, the cost of the printing, uh, not the printing, but of the cost of publishing because of mm-hmm. the nature of the book. So mm-hmm. in a nutshell, it was a call of God at mm-hmm. the right time, 30 years after the first initial call, wow. God wow. finally got me to my, mm-hmm. to my pen and my computer. What, what, what are you learning about the women that have had an abortion? S- some are, go to church, s- some are professing Christians, uh, are they are they typically railroaded into this at least to some extent? Uh, many of them are. Uh, many of them are scared, and they're 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 not able to financially provide, and so they're scared. Some of them uh, tragically have gone to the church, and and uh, one particular story, it's not in the book, mm-hmm. but was told to me that she was turned away from the church because she'd had her second abortion and God would forgive the first one, but not the second one. Mm. And so the, I could see, I was beginning to see that the church had played a role in the tragedy that we're in. And we of course have a government that, that is very liberal in, in abortion laws, Mm -hmm. but where has the church gone wrong? And and we know in Second Chronicles, we're hearing it a lot these days, in COVID-19 days, mm-hmm. if my people. The call was to God's people. And so I began to look at this as, as a book that we could use in churches mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would help the church to see the needs of women, the needs of men. Mm-hmm. There are men also in congregations that are bleeding because they've had an aborted child. 
They may not have even had anything to say about it. Some of the stories, uh, Randy's story in the book, oh, it's it's just such a beautiful story. And um, hmm. he knew he had a child, and, and his girlfriend did not want that child and went ahead with the abortion. And um, Randy's story is extremely powerful. He walks through how his anger and then how eventually, after many years of um, going through grief counseling and of, of finding that God would walk with him, he finally one day picked up the phone and called the abortionist mm-hmm. and said, as a Christian man, I forgive you for taking the life of my child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the needs that, that we need the body of believers to address this issue, I believe it's the church's responsibility right now. And you asked me what were some things. I think the first thing that I would say to any church, and I've been invited to a lot of churches, unfortunately all the engagements now are canceled, but I've had the opportunity to say, be informed. Right. I had no idea until I started hearing these stories, the tragedy that, that women have gone through, the grandmas that grieve because their daughters have aborted their first grandbabies, or maybe their second. Um, and so that was the first thing I really had to start being informed. And you gave some statistics at the beginning of the show today. Mm-hmm. Be informed. Why are women doing this? Mm-hmm. Where are they going when they're in this great time of need? They should be coming to the church. Mm-hmm. They should be coming to us who have the answers, but they're not. Hmm. So we have to be informed, why are they not doing it, that? Is it because we're not speaking of it? Is it because we're not even bringing up the topic? Is it because we're not speaking of this, the sin and the solution in Jesus? What, what, what specifically do you think the Church could do on this to inform? I think you've hit the nail on the head, Kevin. Uh, we need to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. We need to be, first of all, we need to be training our young people what what um, what fornication and sexual sin is, mm-hmm. because the the general population, and we don't want to talk about it. And then we need to talk about the the abortion. I mean, numbers makes it very clear that that the uh, shedding of an innocent blood defiles a nation. Yes. It defiles it. So w- some of those teachings because it's become so comfortable uh, not to talk about it, that we don't know how to address it. And so as I began telling the stories, one thing that happened the Sunday after our grandson, most recent grandson was born that motivated the, the writing last year, I went to the little church, and we were relatively new at that church because we had relocated, and I shared it at the back of the church with a, a lady I hardly knew her, and um, she she said to me, I see that you have a new grandson. And I said to her, yes, and can you believe that we were offered to abort his dad? And she said, oh, Ruth, have I got a story for you. And here in that church, where we don't talk about things like this, she told me the most beautiful story of, of her younger brother being aborted, when she was a young girl, and she just found out about it from her 90-year-old parents in 2017. Wow. And it is a story that just would shake you in your boots to the greatness of God, because the mother and daughter had a very poor relationship. And when she went to see them at the, um, in 2017 in Australia, the, the mother said to her, don't talk to me about Jesus. And, and my friend, 
who was sharing with me at the back of the church is a great evangelist. She said, okay, mom, I won't. But before that visit was over, the mother confessed the abortion. And they realized together that that was the reason. There'd been no communication between those years. She'd kept it a secret. Well, my friend led her mom to the ward, and four days later, she died. Wow, wow. It just seems that, that there's such a root there. So if you don't bring it up, you're missing out on so much of the spiritual stuff and the emotional problems, the relational problems. So it really is sort of a foundational root issue, isn't it, that has to be dealt with, that, that we have to talk about. Yeah. Well, her story just revealed so much to us. And, and she says to me, she said, nobody has to live with this burden all their life. That's right. We've got a Savior. And, and that's the redemptive part of her, her story. It, mm. It's in there. It's called Yeshua, please help. Mm. And um, it's not Yeshua, but Yeshua, please help. That was her, what her mom finally begged her uh, before she died that she had to get that off her chest. Can you imagine carrying that burden? Wow. All those years. For so 70 long. years. Mm-hmm. Wow. 70 years when Jesus was right there. Mm. Praise so God. The stories praise God have her. opened up so much. Mm. Amen. Amen. What else have you learned through these stories, Ruth? Okay. Uh, first of all, be informed. Find out the stories. Find out the statistics. 42 million uh, babies aborted globally in both 2018 and 2019. The next closest, the next closest uh, cause of death worldwide is cancer at 9 million. Hmm. Think of that. Huge difference. Hmm. Huge difference. Uh, you don't see those statistics in an ordinary, st- because we don't consider abortions uh, we consider them a health issue. The second thing I've learned is to be involved. And so be involved in a pregnancy crisis center. Even if you cannot go and volunteer, call them and tell them that you, that you are so thankful for what they're doing. I mean, you're talking mm. about a, a, a lady in your church. Man, she needs support. It is a hard job. It's hard seeing what you're doing. Seems like it's not making a dent in the millions that are being thrown in the garbage. Mm-hmm. And so they need to hear from the church. They need to hear from us. They need to be, be celebrated. Thank you. Bring them to the front of the church. Yeah. Pray over them. Mm-hmm. Anoint them with oil and send them out with fresh anointing mm-hmm. to do the job that they've been called to. So that's be involved. And God shows each of us how we can be involved. Yes. My involvement was to, to, I thought it was going to be a bit political, but God said no. Be involved by telling the stories. That's my my initial job. Now, there's another part to my job to to be involved that the Lord is just unfolding. But we we take the step He shows us. Mm. And then the third thing I've learned is be in prayer. And uh, some people say, why would you put prayer at the end? And here's the reason. It's very clear to me now. I had no passion Mm. to pray. Wow. For the abortion issue mm-hmm. until I got involved, mm-hmm. until I got informed. Mm-hmm. And so it was a process. And now it, I'm in tears a lot of the time mm. because of the babies that are being mm-hmm. thrown out. And, and I, I was at a healthcare worker in a town near us when we first moved to the area, very professional setting. And, and uh, I was going away speaking on the book of Ruth. Uh, to another area, and so the healthcare worker asked me, "What, um, 
what are you speaking on? And I said, oh, I'm speaking on the story of Ruth in the Bible. Are you familiar with it? She said, well, I think it's back there somewhere, but but I can't recall it. Just tell me. And so I briefly told her about the beautiful story of, of her being from a foreign country and coming into God's grace through her mother-in-law. Briefly. And then I said, it's amazing that she came from a country where babies were offered to the gods. Hmm. And so that settled in a little bit. And a little bit later, after I was finished my treatment, she said, I cannot imagine living in a country where babies are offered to idols. And I said, Lord, in my spirit, do I say anything? Hmm. And I I, I was not going to, and then I just felt the Spirit say, speak now, girl. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, it really isn't much different than us offering our babies on the altar of abortion. Mm-hmm. And she quickly said, we really don't have time to talk about that today. So I think you're getting the picture yeah. uh, of what we can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been just so blessed. I've had different pastors now give me morning worship time to share my heart, to bring in some of the story, the story writers, uh, to share their stories. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's been a blessing to have the church open its doors. I don't know why it's closed right now, because I had a full lineup uh, till June. And, um, but God knows. Mm -hmm. And I believe Kevin, I thank you Mm -hmm. so much for Mm -hmm. allowing me to share this, my heart, because Mm -hmm. My heart is beating very hard right now for Ruth, the church. Ruth, let me ask you, um, you, you, you know we need that informed uh, perspective. We need, we need to be awakened to these things. It seems to me that so much of what happens, what happens in our own lives, what's happening in our culture, what's happening in our nations, we're just numb to it. We, we're yeah. not awakened yeah. to it. We don't, we, don't, we don't feel the pain. We don't. No. We don't see the bloodshed. We don't see the dismembered little children to the tune of billions around the world. I know, and millions yeah. in our respective countries, and and say, "Oh, that's painful. Oh, I'm feeling it deep in my heart." We don't see that. How are we awakened to these realities? How do we see things as God sees things? I guess that's my question. Yeah, well, I think you listen to the stories, and then you pound the table and weep, and then you say, Lord, show me. I've been grieving a little bit recently, and um, COVID-19 has hit our little community very hard. And um, and so I've been grieving, and I've been on some calls, Kevin, and, you know, people are, Christians are giving wonderful verses and giving me advice how to get out of this. And I've refused to come out of this. I don't want to come out of this pain. It's partly grieving because what's happening with COVID-19, but God has called me to a place of sensing his heartbeat. And I think that's what it is. That call to the church, if my people will humble themselves. Yeah, I've got scripture. I love it. I memorize scripture. I teach scripture. But right now, God has called me to a place of pain and watching. It's COVID-19. It's a virus. It's the virus of sin. It's this taking of, of wives, literally taking them out of their mother's womb, that sacred place of God's masterpiece work. You know, it's amazing, Ruth, as I was, I was thinking the same thing. In fact, this was my prayer this morning, that God would 
do his full work of humbling uh, our nation and ourselves, the churches as well, because we need to be humbled. We need to feel the pain as as God uh, feels it, as God sees the problem, and we need to feel the grief. We we just need to feel again. I, th- yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And and I, exactly, I, th- I think what's happening is God is sending this COVID nineteen virus to just wake us up and and to help us to yeah. to feel just to feel again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before I can ask God to heal my land, I've got to confess that I have been had a bad attitude toward another ministry leader. I have to confess that I've been competitive in my ministry. I have to confess all of these things that have weighed heavily on his heart that I think, oh, as a Christian, I can just bypass. No, we can't. We have to... Stay in this place long enough, humbled That's long right. enough that That's we're right. going to be different. That's right. That's right. Thank you, thank you, Ruth, for, for 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 substantiating some of the Holy Spirit's working in my own heart and life. And uh, I hope that this has been a, a wake up call and something that our listeners can uh, can say amen to today. Ruth Coghill is the author of a book, Unborn Untold: True Stories of Abortion and God's. Healing Grace, and it is a book that would speak powerfully to a billion women and a billion men around the world, and, and to all of us, because this this is a problem for all of us. In, indeed, it's not just affecting those who have personally gone through uh, this tragedy, but it affects all of us in that uh, mm-hmm. we need to begin to feel, we need to understand what's happened in, in, in the breakdown of, of love, of just love for children, and of course, love for God and for God's uh, beautiful creation in his own image. And uh, friends, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a time for humility. It's a time for repentance. It's a time for a conviction of sin, and then a, a turning back to Jesus and a realization of the power of his blood to fully cleanse and to set us free. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, the book is available at Amazon. I just checked it out, so anybody can buy it anywhere at Amazon.com. That's Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace from Ruth Coghill, who's been my guest on this edition of the program. Thank you, Ruth. God bless you. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, Ruth, at wordstoinspire.ca. time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.